Aloha, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to Above and Away, the official Navy Region Hawaii Joint Base Pearl Harbor Hickam podcast. Once a month, we will be bringing you stories from across the base. Stories on local events, base history, and everyday life of sailors and airmen. Now let's dive, dive, dive into today's podcast. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Above and Away podcast. I'm your host, Charles Oki from Navy Region Hawaii Public Affairs. And today we're talking about leadership. And more specifically, navigating leadership in a COVID environment. And I can think of no better person to talk to about leadership than our guest for today, Fleet Master Chief James Honey from U.S. Pacific Fleet. Fleet, welcome and thank you for joining us for today. Hey, thank you, Patricia. Okay, I'm looking forward to the conversation. Fantastic. So, now before we begin, I'd like to give a quick introduction to Fleet Honey. For those who do not know him, and for the record, this is a very pared-down biography as we would be here for quite a while if we covered all the details. So Fleet Honey began his career in 1987 and attended basic training at Recruit Training Command in San Diego. Upon completion of basic training, he reported to his first command, USS John A. Moore, FFG-19, before serving on several different classes of amphibs. His first assignment as Command Master Chief was on USS Gridley, DDG-101. On the shore side, he served from San Diego to Annapolis, South Korea to Bahrain, including a deployment in support of the individual augmentee mission in Afghanistan. Fleet assumed his current duties as Fleet Master Chief of Pacific Fleet in January 2018. So Fleet, before we begin with the you know, more in-depth questions, we're going to do a quick round of icebreakers just so people can get an idea of who Fleet Honey is. So first off, uh, where's home? Home is here, uh, Pearl Harbor. I live with my wife here on the Makalapa compound. So home is wherever my wife hangs up, uh, hangs up the curtains. Gotcha. And uh, favorite sport and sports team? Uh, football, Oklahoma Sooners. Gotcha. How's the record going? I haven't been paying attention to much football this this this, it, this year. A COVID year is a strange year for all the sports that we're watching, and uh, football's uh, is not immune to that. It's been a strange year for football seasons. It's definitely going to be in the record books, one with an asterisk, but Absolutely. still entertaining. It's it's great, you know, to to have some connection back to life without COVID and. And so I'm glad that we still have the opportunity to relax a little bit and, and enjoy a sporting event. Gotcha. Um, favorite food? Uh, I would say probably just about anything Mexican food or sushi. Good choice. Can't can't deny that one. Uh, favorite favorite song? Oh wow! I don't I don't know if I have a favorite song. Uh, Anchors away. I love that one. <laughs> As expected, with Fleet Master Chief. Yeah. Um, Favorite duty station location, not a specific command? Well, if you were to ask my wife, uh, she would tell me that it's Long Beach, California, because that's where I met her when I was stationed on board uh, John A. Moore. But seriously, if you're going to ask her uh, what was our favorite duty station for us to be together, it was in Korea. We really loved living overseas. Uh, that adventure and, and uh, the culture there is just wonderful. It's a wonderful culture, uh, great food, and uh, we really enjoyed living over there. Awesome. These next few questions are big ones uh, among sailors. Uh, Pacific, Atlantic, or overseas? Overseas. That was quick. Um, I'm assuming your Korea answer had something to do with that, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you had to choose top, middle, or bottom rack, I know you don't really have to choose these much these days, but if you had to. <laughs> middle rack. Absolutely. As expected. Small boy, amphib, or carrier? Just depends which one going on the next deployment. I'll take either one of them. I'm just ready to get out there. <laughs> I uh, spent most of my Navy career, as you said, on amphibs. I enjoy that. But I really enjoy the uh, the tightness and the camaraderie you get with a small crew. But, man, how awesome it is to be on board an aircraft carrier. I mean, you are, 
you know, the master of the seas out there on that. So any one of them, whichever one's going on the next deployment, put me on her. Gotcha. Um, if you had to bring back a uniform, would it be Johnny Cash's or Dungarees? Wow. Uh, Johnny Cash's were certainly a sharp looking uniform. Uh, something that I think appeals to everybody all the way around. Uh, great thing about Dungarees is that it was a, a very inexpensive working uniform. Uh, I wouldn't say it was maybe the most attractive of uniforms, but it was very comfortable. Once they were washed nice and soft, I mean, it was best per, uh, pair of blue jeans you're going to ever wear. Uh, wash khakis and dungarees together, you know, would outfit everybody. Uh, I'd bring back dungarees. All right, good answer. All right, so so into the questions of the of the topic at hand, so... Fleet, in your 30-plus year career, has there ever been anything even remotely close to what we've been experiencing with COVID? Well, first, when you say about COVID, you know, then my, my initial reaction or thoughts to try to get back to, has there been a health scare or a pandemic of this kind of a magnitude that has had this sort of an impact on our world? And no, you know, but I, I would say that, you know, the, uh, the attacks on our country uh, uh, on 9-11, and uh, those impacts that it had to our military were, were leadership challenges for us to, to get through. You know, we spent a lot of time on deployment immediately following after 9-11, and there was a, a lot of work to be done. Uh, and there was a lot of changes in how we operated, you know, following that. So there was certainly some leadership challenges that went along with that. Uh, and we had to prove our mettle. Uh, and, and, and I think that we're doing that a lot with COVID. So although it's been challenging. Uh, there, there's a lot of things that we could be very proud of. Uh, COVID's a virus that's kind of gridlocked the world. The world is shut down, but the United States Navy has not stopped at all. You know, we continue to operate. We continue to push forces out there forward. Credible naval combat power wherever we need it, and we're executing. We should be proud of that. Understand that we are doing that, you know, with a lot of extra work, and our sailors are having to put in a lot of extra effort uh, to, to make that happen. But we've taken know, something that had gridlocked this nation, gridlocked this world, and turn it into a planning factor. It's one more thing on a checklist to make sure that we're prepared to go out there and operate. So uh, has there been anything else exactly like this? No, but uh, there's been challenges before, and I bet you there's going to be challenges after. Uh, but I know that the leaders we have today and the leaders that are going to be here coming tomorrow uh, are going to be up to that challenge. Gotcha. And so you're speaking about leadership challenges uh that we've experienced throughout this year, but that are similar to ones of, unfortunately, past events. Um, is there anything that you've been seeing so far this year specifically? And then has it changed from the beginning of the year when COVID was kind of this thing we'd, hear, we'd heard about but not really seen to, you know, the, the height of the pandemic, let me, uh, I would say, in the middle of the year and then to now? So I, I do believe that there have been a lot of leadership challenges. One of them I, I know for sure is being disconnected. One of the important things that, you know, we kind of judge ourselves as leaders is our ability to connect and relate with those that we lead. And being disconnected from them makes it extremely challenging. A lot of the success that I, I determine, you know, in my leadership is my ability to connect and have trust, you know, with, you know, with, with the sailors that I'm leading and them having trust in me, uh, you know, to do the best by them. And, and, and not being able to, to connect and, and see each other face to face has made that a challenge. Additionally, 
uh, I think a leadership challenge and, you know, for all of us and being masters of ourselves is that we've had to spend a lot of time alone, uh, be that in a quarantine environment, you know, in ROM, uh, whatever that may be. And leading ourselves and being masters of ourselves uh, is a challenge. And you can see that exhibited in sailors that are going into a, a pre-deployment sequester or, or directed ROM and, or, or into a quarantine. And some folks, you know, uh, attack that issue going into, you know, that, that period of loneliness. Um, is if they would just, they could, they would just sleep and let it all be over with when they get done. And, and, and they don't want to wake up to what's over with. You know, they, they want to go in there and escape, you know, from that moment. Uh, be that through video games and, you know, a six-pack of beer, whatever it is that they, that they want to use to, as a way to escape from this whole process. Then there's others that attack this, and what they want to do is they want to make sure that they achieve some goals while they're in that. And they want to come out better uh, prepared, and they want to be more focused when they come out on the other side of that. And you can recognize them there because they're going into a quarantine with books, um, with kettlebells. They, they have a plan. They, 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 they plan to attack this and come out on the other side of this more focused and more prepared and, and ready like they need to be. And I think that if you attack it in that second manner, uh, then you're going to come out healthier and, and more focused. Fleet, you mentioned that sailors are being affected by having to rom and sequester and quarantine and kind of being uh, alone in, in the aspect of having to deal with COVID. Um, do you find that that's affecting uh, the cohesion of the fleet team, Is that if that makes any sense? No, and I, I, I don't think it is. I think it certainly could, mm -hmm. but these were already established teams before they went into, into a ROM sequester period. And when they come back together, they're excited to see each other again. And sailors are excited to get back after uh, the business they have at hand. Uh, they, they're super excited and they're motivated to get after that business. And once they come back together, yeah, they're, they're old friends in no time. Gotcha. And so um, as a seafaring service, you know, we are the U.S. Navy. Do you feel that COVID's affecting the fleet differently compared to our shore-based counterparts? Um, because as you know, the Navy is a seafaring service, however, we do have shore-based counterparts such as the CBs, the Corpsmen, uh, all of our shore-based installations. Um, so do you think those are affecting, um, the COVID-19 is affecting them differently? So I don't believe that it's affecting our deploying sailors any different across the board, whether they're uh, based on ships or submarines or if they're going to be based ashore while they're on deployment. The same requirements are going to be placed on them, that they're going to have to go under pre-deployment sequester uh, leave their families and then deploy forward, uh, and and how they're all handling those challenges are are pretty even across those boards. Now, once they get on board the ship, uh, it, it it becomes a little bit more challenging or submarine because they're going to have to continue on with some change behaviors for social distancing and everything, so that they can they can protect one another until they become homogenized and, and then everyone's the same again. Um, you know, you can remember. The first time you went back on board your ship and you hadn't been underway for a long period of time, and as soon as you do, you know, that deployment crud starts creeping around that ship. You know, the difference is, if you're not careful, that deployment crud is, crud is, is COVID-19, and, and that is not something we can have. So we're going to have some continued precautions just in case we were to have one person, you know, outbreak at the last minute that we weren't anticipating. So that, that, that part on board ships and submarines is a little bit different than, than our shore sailors are dealing with. And, and then our support sailors that are back at uh, headquarters, 
or back here in rear support like myself, um, it, we are also having to deal with other challenges. It's affecting us all a little bit differently, uh, but, but not, not to the point that we all don't understand and recognize what one another's sacrifices are. So back to the shore sailors, um, because this is kind of a, a new thing that's kind of spawned from COVID-19 is the fact that sailors are teleworking now. Um, do you think this has a place following COVID-19? I know that a lot of units are kind of as if their sailors are able to, having their sailors work from home. Uh, do you think this is gonna stay or do you think this is gonna go as soon as COVID-19 is over? I think that telework will continue to have a place where it makes sense and it doesn't detract from unit cohesion. Uh, again, you know, part of our ability to work together strongly and, and tight is our ability to be cohesive, uh, to relate with one another. Uh, so there's going to be some challenges there, and, and, I'm, and I'm afraid well, I'm going to answer your question. It's going to sound like doublespeak, but it's, just, it, it's a question that is, no, there's none of us uh, specifics to it to say that, yeah, that sailor's going to be able to telework and this sailor won't. I, I just couldn't tell you that for sure right now. Mm. But I do believe that there's going to be some opportunities that where telework makes sense, and we're going to need to continue to do that. Okay, gotcha. So with the holidays right around the corner, um, what should leaders be doing for their sailors? I know um, that the ability to go on leave has actually has been uh, announced, and so sailors are able to go back home. But is there anything else that leaders should be doing for their sailors? Well, first and foremost, is to your point, is afford them the opportunity to go home on leave, uh, them to recharge their batteries and refill their cups uh, uh, with, with family and with loved ones where, a, where at all possible. Uh, where not possible or with sailors that choose not to, you know, we need to continue to check in with them, make sure that they're doing fine, uh, uh, find other things that we can be doing with inside the command so that we stay connected and we, we know what's going on with one another. So the Navy has made several sweeping changes to the fleet due, uh, due to COVID-19 such as the PRT being switched to a single cycle in 2021, to the E-4 advancements being made without the Navy-wide advanced exam. Um, do you think these changes will stick around post-COVID-19? And if there are any, would you make any additional changes? So to begin with, I believe that we've made some changes that have already made us better and more efficient, regardless of COVID-19 is here or not. And those are things that we're probably going to want to keep around. Then there's some things that we've had to change just a matter of it being covid and that there's too many risks involved uh, uh, for, for us to continue to operate you know, in normal or normal operations. Uh, so if it's just about risk mitigation, then we probably want to get rid of those. Uh, but we should take opportunities you know, to keep changes that makes us better, uh, makes us more efficient, and we should take advantage of these opportunities uh, you know, to think of other ways to make us better uh, and more efficient. Gotcha. Um is there anything you would you would change if you had the opportunity to? Yeah, I think that our Navy PRT program is definitely one, and you mentioned that one, uh, is something that we could completely do different. Uh, it, it is there to encourage health and wellness uh, amongst our service members. Uh, the process that we use is pretty much the same process we've used you know, throughout my Navy career, uh, and I believe that we could find better ways that aren't administratively burdensome as, as executing a PRT is right now. Um, and, and I would like for us to, to flex and, and try out something different, uh, something that isn't so burdensome and take up so much of our time, both in the execution and us as personally. I, 
I, I believe that there could be there could be some uh, some advantages to change in that. I also believe that we could look at some opportunities to make advancement process uh, better, so that it isn't a matter of coming together twice a year and sitting in a room. You know, we we've already proven we could do this in other ways. Let, let's continue to flesh that out and make that a a, a, a more of a reality. Gotcha. So Fleet, you're in a position of leadership that that covers so many thousands of square miles of, of you know of land and ocean, thousands and thousands of sailors. Um, what is it like to be a leader during this time? Not just you know obviously there's a lot that goes into being a leader for you in general, but add it with you know COVID on top of that. How has it affected you? Well, to begin with, uh, to serve in this position, I consider it a distinct honor and privilege. Uh, to serve the 140,000 sailors that are stationed across the Pacific Fleet, uh, to serve our commander, Admiral Aquilino, uh, and to provide him with the best advice, to make the best decisions, uh, to, to ensure to the success and health and safety uh, of all of us that are stationed out here. It's, it's enormous, but uh, it, it's something that I'm excited to do, and I, like I said, I consider it a distinct honor and privilege. Um, taking that in consideration with all the other things we already have, you know, to be concerned about and lumping COVID-19 and the pandemic and the additional stresses. Uh, yeah, certainly it's been, it's been an additional challenge, but it's not something that you can shy away from. You know, I don't get to choose all the things that I'm going to have to deal with every day. I, I come in and, and, and we face those challenges and COVID-19 has been this challenge for this year. And, and, and in whatever difficulties there has been, uh, I, I feel very, very proud of how we've responded as a team. You know, my boss says, first and foremost, we want to protect uh, our own health and the health of uh, our loved ones. Uh, then we have to maintain mission assurance so that we can always do what our country expects from us. And we are the Navy, excuse me, we are our nation's away team. Uh, so we're going to get called to go out there and deploy and, and operate forward. And we have to maintain mission assurance. And then we cannot be the cause of the spread of this virus. We can't, we can't spread it any further. It, I've been extremely proud you know, of how our, our Navy has re, uh, responded to this and how the sailors in the Pacific Fleet continue to respond. Back to the leadership thing. What are you seeing from leaders on the deck plates that has, you know, they've really helped make changes or helped facilitate you know, maintaining the mission or maintaining any function that you know, has gone away due to COVID? How, you know, how are you seeing leaders kind of flex to get around these challenges? Well, I've been extremely proud of how all of our sailors have responded in, you know, in ways that they hadn't been asked to do in a long time. And just in, just in a, a self-sufficiency way, let's begin with. You know, in, in the past, if something broke on board a ship or if they were having issues with one of their weapon systems or one of the engineering systems, it was very simple to call in for a technical representative uh, from the manufacturer or from a shipyard or a maintenance facility to come in and give you additional support in, uh, in, in getting that ship fixed or getting the equipment back online. And that's been drastically reduced with COVID restrictions and our ability to travel and, and to send technical representatives to go uh, help with repairs. We've not slowed down a bit. Our ships continue to fix, uh, be fixed. Our sailors continue to maintain their equipment and their weapon systems. Uh, self-sufficiency has grown exponentially during this time. Uh, I've been extremely proud uh, of how our sailors keep our ships in the fight. Gotcha. And so, uh, follow up to that, 
you're uh, mentioning the fact that sailors, you know, have gone from the the traditional norm of you know if things had you know uh, technical issues, we'd call representatives. Do you think that's going to become a a plus for the Navy following COVID nineteen, considering the fact that you have these sailors who have traditionally not been working on certain weapon systems because it was a tech rep type scenario. Do you think it's going to be a, a, a plus after? Yes, I do. I think this is certainly something that we're going to keep. Our, our, uh, our fleet commanders want to have more self-sufficiency in the crews. Uh, they want to see more opportunities where our crews fix our own equipment, keep our own weapon systems up and operating. And that is the type of resiliency that we need to have in our fleet. If we're going to, if we're going to face a foe out on the open ocean, you're not going to be able to retreat back to garrison to get your ship fixed. You're going to have to stay out there, you know, inside the mouth of the enemy uh, and keep the ship ready to fight. Uh, and that's going to require crew self-sufficiency. All right. So, uh, fleet, uh, that pretty much wraps things up. Uh, before we close out, do you have any, uh, anything to say to the sailors for the holidays? My message to everybody for the holidays is, is you know, thank you. I know it's been a, a challenging year this year. Uh, but you've responded just as I expected you would uh, with strength and confidence. Uh, continue to make me and all your shipmates proud. I wish you the best uh, over, the, over the holiday season. Merry Christmas to everyone and Happy New Year. Perfect. Fleet, thank you so much again for taking time out your busy schedule to sit down and talk with us. I know uh, you probably got a lot going on during this time of the year. Um, for everyone still listening, thank you so much for listening to the Above and Away podcast. This will be the last episode for the year 2020. Tune in next year for more news and information from Joint Base Pearl Harbor Hickam. <laughs>